Sounds like I am. Okay. So just to make sure everybody knows, I am not the, the normal minister preacher here. So um, if you don't like what I do today, don't worry. Somebody else will be here next week. Um, I will tell you, you got to watch what you say to Kent, who is our normal preacher. I said to Kent a few weeks ago, hey, Kent, if you ever need somebody to preach, let me know. <laughs> so be careful what you ask for. That's what I mean. Um, and I, did, I wasn't given a time limit, so, you know, Paul preached all night. And I don't, this is like once in 40 years, so, hey, warm up. Um, actually, Evan gave my intro, and Jeff took one of my scriptures, so we're halfway through. Um, no, I, I, I do want to give a little commercial before I start. A week from Wednesday, we start the next Alpha course. So if you, uh, some people are excited about it. If, if you have a friend or a neighbor or you have questions that you're wanting to deal with and just be spiritually enriched, it's, a, it's about two months, 10 weeks long. We start a week from Wednesday. We, at six o'clock, we have dinner. Then we watch a video from about 6.37 and then 45 minute conversation in groups of eight to 12. It's a, it's a very faith affirming thing. So if you just want to come yourself, feel free to. But if you have a friend you know has questions or you have neighbors you want to invite, it's a great opportunity to bring them and just let them go through, but you gotta to come too, so uh, that's your choice. Um, and I do apologize for the people who were going to junior church this morning. There's no junior church. So I am taking volunteers for, for fill-ins when Kim and I are not available. Kim's on the way to Kansas City with her mom. So uh, sorry, kids, no junior church today. Next week, we'll do Gideon, so just so you so I want to ask you a question. <clears throat> have you ever been driving somewhere and when you get there, you have no idea how you got there? Indeed. Or you're reading a book and you realize you have no idea what you just read. And you have to go back and do it again. It's like, how does that happen? Or one of my favorite ones in my family, you're watching a sporting event. You have no idea which teams are playing. If you know which teams are playing, you have no idea what the score is. And if you even know what the score is, you probably don't really know what's going on in the game. So how do, what distracts us? What are the things that pull us away from what we're doing? What keeps our minds to go somewhere besides where we are? I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask a couple of other questions to get a little bit more personal. So, how many of us can remember the songs we just sang? So don't ever raise your hand. If I asked you to write down on a piece of paper the songs we just sang, how many of you could do it? Got one. If you can remember the songs, can you remember the lyrics? And did you deeply consider, as you sang those lyrics, what they were saying? And as I say this, I say this knowing that you know, honestly, most of the time, true confession, I, I couldn't tell you what songs I sang or what the lyrics were, how focused was I as I sang them. What does it mean to love God with all of our hearts? Big question. In 2 Timothy, uh, he gives us a warning. 
So where does Satan want us relative to focus of our minds? Does he want us focused and intently on the relationship we have with God the Father and Jesus our Lord? He wants us distracted. He wants us to be thinking about anything but that. Some of us are here right now, physically, but our minds are anywhere else. Because it's so easy to be thinking about what you're gonna do tomorrow, <clears throat> what the ride to church, anybody else have a ride to church ever that wasn't the best and then you walk in and you have to be, you have to be golden? I remember raising kids. <laughs> I remember getting to church and it's like, okay, Lord, just forgive me. Because <laughs> it's not always easy, right? There's, there's a lot going on in our lives. It's distracting. And our, our lives are so busy. And I think that's one of Satan's tools, don't you? Yeah. He wants us busy. And if he can't keep us busy with bad things, he'll keep us good, busy with anything. How, you know, do you think about what you spend your time watching? I like TV. Wish I didn't. What you read, what you listen to, where's the focus of your mind? In 2 Timothy 2, he says, but realize this. This is a, a pretty negative scripture, so the whole, whole lesson won't be this way. But realize this. In the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money. Boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Paul was having a bad day. And you read that, don't, at least as I always read that, I read that as he's talking to the world. Doesn't that sound like the things of the world? It does. Until the, the end of this passage, holding to a form of godliness, but denying its power. Mm. He's spoke, speaking to us, folks. He's speaking to the church and saying, here's all the things that are distracting. And some of these are, are really negative things. And I have to confess to you, some of these have been a part of my life. Some of them still are. And so the, the, the question I put before us today is, how do we, in 2024, so Kit talked about last week, New Year's resolutions. You had, you had heard a couple of this morning about New Year's resolutions. I ask you to join me in 2024, upping my game on my focus and intensity in loving God with all my heart. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Such an easy Amen. phrase, right? Love God with all your heart. Oh, right. You know, it, and there's, there's. If you were on the, uh, if you're on the Facebook page, you saw I posted on January first. There's a, a brand new series being put out by the the Bible Project, which I'm a huge fan of. If you if you haven't used their resources, they just are very deep and help at least have helped me, sorry, in, the, in my walk. Well, they just started a year-long study on the Sermon on the Mount. And so I'd encourage you to join that. There's, a, there's an app you can download, or you can just go on the webpage, bibleproject.org. Um, but I'm going to quote a couple things from the Sermon on the Mount, because a lot of times 
Do you think that, that we ever try to make Christianity a passive thing? You think the world tries to tell us, it's just, it's just easy as you go. Believe in Jesus, that's all you gotta do, and you're good from there. Indeed. And I will tell you the scriptures I'm gonna read are gonna make a different case. But what I don't want to do this morning in any way is lay guilt on anybody. God didn't want us guilty. He says, my, my yoke is easy, my way is light. He wants us to surrender, not be weighed down. But it still takes a, cho a set of choices. So believing in Jesus is the beginning, it's not the journey. And we have to think about the journey. In, in Mark 7, he says, Rightly did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. God wants our heart. Do you agree with that? Yes. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind and all of your soul. The Shema, the Jews prayed regularly is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It's easy to say the words, though. Do you agree? Yes. Harder to stay focused, to keep our minds, which I believe our minds are the window to our heart. Wednesday nights we've been, we've been studying about disciplines of the heart. What gets in our heart comes through our mind. We think about it, and it lands in our heart. And we have two choices on everything we do. We can let good come in and land, or we can let bad come in and land. And Satan is wanting the second. And if you don't know it, we're at war. We are at war. And he is trying to steal your soul. Amen. He is wanting to deceive you. He's wanting you to think about anything but your deep relationship with God. And so in Mark 7, he goes on to say, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not, we cast out, we cast out demons in your name. We, we perform miracles. We prophesied. And Jesus says what? I never knew you. Depart from me. How is it possible that these people, I think, are very sincere and earnest. And they're saying, we did all these things in your name. And Jesus says, sorry, I never knew you. Is it possible to be very active in Christianity and not have a deep relationship with God? Yes. Wow. Yes. So our challenge, and I, again, what I'd ask you to Join me in 24 is how do we up our game? Every, all of us have a relationship. It's where is that relationship? Is it passive? I don't believe Christianity is a passive sport. I think we have to be very diligent. And, and we're told by Paul, be diligent. So in, in um, Romans 12, Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. This is where our class started talking about today. Dennis will probably take four or five weeks on that one, but <laughs> I would take six. So, um, but do not conform yourself to the pattern of this world, but what? Transform. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. 
So the, the challenge is how do we do that? Do we hold to a form of godliness and deny its power? So have you ever, ever thought deeply about what is the power he's talking about there? Is there power in this Christianity, in a relationship with Jesus that we don't take hold of? And I don't think we can be renewed and transformed without taking hold of that power. So as we, as we think about 24, how can we leverage and, and grasp, take hold of, seek first the power? Jeff just read the passage about how our outer bodies are wasting away. And Jeff, I just tell you that I never had to worry about getting ready to run. <laughs> and certainly now my knees say if I, if I walk too long, they say, nope, no, I don't think so. Um, but that's not, he says that's not what is important. He says that we need to be focused on the unseen, not on the seen. But there's a, there's a, a term I just used, focused. And so the question of where is the focus of our minds and therefore where's the focus of our hearts? And what can we do to be more focused and think about and deepen our relationship with God? Proverbs 4, he says, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. Amen. For everything you do flows from it. So are we actively, actively keeping our heart and guarding our heart? In verse 26, he says, give careful thought to the paths of your feet. It's really easy to just do things and not think about them. Do you agree? It's easy to just be so, so busy. And I can tell you, there's a lot of years of my life. I'm just so busy. I, don't, I didn't take time. How many of us take time to eat? Oops. If I don't feed myself Physically, I know it pretty quick. How many of us don't feed ourselves spiritually? And if we do, it's morsels. How, much, how many times do we have a buffet of the Spirit? So how, how do we do that? We are here, I believe, we are here as His body to help each other do what I'm talking about. Amen. I don't think we're here to sing songs and... You know, we are here to memorialize his death, burial, and resurrection. The little cracker kind of bugs me, but um, I want I want bread. I want you know I want I want unleavened bread. Um, I suppose that is. Uh, I digress. So, see, Satan does it to me even when I'm when when I'm filling in. Um, so give careful thought. Hebrews 12 comes after Hebrews 11. So 
Kim said this to me, Kim's my wife, you don't know me. Um, Kim, Kim asked me or said something to me about a year ago that has really stuck with me. And you probably, you all have probably heard this, but I never had, and it's, I think it's such a profound question. Do you believe in God or do you believe God? There's a huge difference between believing in God and believing God. Did Abraham believe God or believe in God? Well, God tested him to find out. It's a test I don't know that I'd pass. Can you imagine taking your son? So Lisa's happy right now because I just got choked up. So um, she was waiting for it. She was just baiting breath. Um, so he tested him though. He said, take your son up on the hill and sacrifice him. And he did. Or at least he almost did. Now, can you imagine what was going through Isaac's mind? It's like, dad, what are you doing? He binds him up. He must have blindfolded him. I don't know. Set him up on, and he's ready to kill him. And that's the test God gave Abraham. He believed God, and therefore, it was counted to him as righteousness. So, what God doesn't want is for us, I really believe he doesn't want us to be burdened. He, want us, he wants us to surrender our lives, our hearts. Everything we think about. So my challenge to us is think about what you're thinking about. It, it, it's an easy sentence to say. Think about what you're thinking about. Spend time. Focus time. When you get up in the morning, how do you start your day? When you're going to bed, how do you finish your day? Through the day, do you find time to be focused with God, building relationship. That's the challenge I give myself. And I think it's freeing. I, I realize I'm talking to a lot of people, particularly some young mothers in here, one my daughter, who's like, you gotta be kidding me. I've got four, four kids and I don't have time to think, let alone take time. And I understand that, we raise for ourselves. So this, but it's choices. The, the world tells us that it's easy, just go on, believe, and it's done. I think what's really important is we, we take time and focus and spend time feeding ourselves before we feed ourselves physically. In Romans 8, he says, So, brethren, we're under, we're, we're under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you're putting to, to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Earlier in that, in that same chapter, he says, For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For mindset on the flesh is death. It's easy to read that and not really apply. What does that mean? But the, mind, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. 
Which of us doesn't seek life and peace? Which I think we all want that, right? Life and peace, we want happiness for our kids. It's, I don't think it's so much about happiness as contentment. Yeah. That we know, we don't have to worry about, you know, there was a time that I was so churned up about what was going on in this world, and I still am, but the difference is God's got it. Right. I don't like some of the stuff I see happening, but he's got it, and I know the end of the story. So I don't have to worry. We don't have, so I want to end with, and I, I, don't, we don't, I don't want to end with, I want to end with, my favorite passage, be anxious for nothing. It doesn't say be anxious about just a few things. Spend your day just worrying about some stuff. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, he's so absolute in these statements. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart. And that makes me so crazy when I do that. Let's pray. Father, we are just so, so humbled to come before you. We thank you for the body that you give us that encourages us to love and to good works. Help us, Father, to, to never be divisive, to not have anger and hatred in our hearts. Let's help us to give up everything that moves us away from you. Help us, Father, to, to just love each other, to be filled in your love. Help us to, to develop a deep, abiding relationship. Don't let there be one person here, Father, that comes to the gates and says, I never knew you. Help, help us, Father, to be focused in how we spend our time and what we think about and what we write on our hearts. We thank you, Father, for your grace. And we thank you that you don't care about what happened in our past. You only care about what we're doing in our future. You wipe our past clean. And we just thank you. We're so humbled by that. We thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if you're here this morning and you're saying, wow, pretty heavy, pretty heavy dude. Um, but you are you struggling with your heart or with where you are in life and you want prayer to help overcome it. You want to take hold of the power of the spirit. This is an opportunity for you to come forward. If you've never given your life to Christ, but you want to change, God doesn't want us to feel bad. Dog on it. Uh, God doesn't want us to feel bad. It says, there, Paul talks about worldly sorrow and godly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is just where we feel bad and feel guilty. That's not what God wants. God wants us to change. That's what repentance is. Turn your life. Quit whatever you were doing. Walk towards me. Walk in the light. If you're willing to repent and then be buried with him in his death, burial, and resurrection, putting to death the old person and, and setting your mind. It's an act of will. And if, if there's anything I want you to leave with right now, this morning, it's these are acts of will. You have to choose. I believe we're here to choose. Are we going to choose God and focus on him? Or are we going to choose the world? and where that ends. So whichever, if you have any need, please come forward as we stand and sing. Love.